Welcome, everybody, to episode seven of Ride the Pine. This is a podcast where three friends discuss sports with an side of anxiety and doubt. Although this week we are one man short, we're missing Ron this week. But with me, as always, is my good friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. There's just two friends tonight. Just two. Just two, not three, not the not the trio. We got the duo tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, basically, on this episode, we're going to be talking uh, about a little bit of college football. We're going to talk about the upcoming NHL season. We're going to talk about the FedEx Cup playoffs and the Ryder Cup. And then our big league topic for this week is the MLB playoffs and how those are shaping up. It's really going to be crazy coming down the stretch. A lot of uh, a lot of teams that are on the bubble. There are a lot of teams that are close to doing it, and we'll see how it shakes out. Um, and then from there, we'll just, uh, you know, recap, uh, everything at the end and the finale. Um, a lot of stuff changing in, in pro sports right now. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah. A lot of stuff changing in sports. Um, for, firstly, well, what are your thoughts on the upcoming, uh, college football season? There's a lot going on, especially, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago about Ohio state and all that going on, and how that's going to affect their season. Yeah, you know, first of all, my first thought is I don't want this Ohio State stuff. I don't want that to be any bit involved with the season. I really hope we can kind of settle this and whatever it is, you know, and kind of move on from it. You know, the, it's like the year when the Patriots had their fleet issue or whatever. It's like, let's just not drag it out and talk about that too long. Let's enjoy some college ball. These colleges, the, these these hometowns love it. You know, they get so worked up over it and like i just don't want to keep hearing about these issues over and over again after they've been dwelled on so that's my first thought is like i want to make sure this is let's move on and have some good college football yeah you know for for me it's unfortunate you know that obviously this happened and um but knowing the media knowing those sports channels and espn and and yep. all those other channels, Fox Sports and all that, they're going to just continuously talk about it over and over and over again. If Ohio State loses one game, it's going to be like, oh, is this because of the whole scandal and this and that? It's like that's going to be an excuse down the right. stretch for a lot of the media to spin it that a loss is caused by this whole fiasco, and it's a shame. Right, and it's great that it's you know it's, it's a public thing now. It's talked about. And it's in the right hands. That's great. Nothing. No one's going to be victimized anymore. You know, definitely. You know, um, we'll get to the bottom of it, and, and people can feel better. You know, so it's like this is the point where I'm like, I'm ready to make sure we move on from it. Uh, what teams do you like? Uh, what colleges do you like going into the season? Oh, this is just a this is a front runner answer. But I mean, I love seeing Alabama. Because I just think they're fun. They they're, they have such cool tradition, and they've been around for so long. Their crowd is insane. They have fans all across the nation. Um, you know, their whole saying, all their clothes they put out. So I love seeing Alabama do well. Um, I do kind of like Clemson, um, partially because I met the coolest kindergarten teacher last year. My son's kindergarten teacher is a big Clemson fan, and I learned a lot from her. And I really hope they do well. Um, but, I mean, it's, it seems like to be like a good year of all the, the top dogs that are, you know, all, all the mainstays that are usually there are back this year, you know. 
all these typical teams mm-hmm. you see. So it's going to be a year of some powerhouse teams. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm actually going to throw a name out there that you might not expect, and it just comes off of something that I saw um, on Bleacher Report. Yeah. They reported it about two, three days ago that the running back of this school is said to be the le- next Leonard Fournette. With LSU? And that school, oh. that school is Boston College. Ooh. His name is Austin Dillon. He's built exactly like Leonard Fournette, about 6'4", 6'5", just a house. And they said if if the uh, NCAA would allow him to do one year in college and then leave for the NFL, he would do it. That's, and he, they're saying and you he's think he would make good. a team? Oh, absolutely. He'd be in the top. He'd be in the first round. That's that's just from reports from what I what I read a couple days ago. That's cool. And I, I think that's great for Boston College because they haven't had a legitimate running back threat in a long time. And you know, I actually grew up a Boston College fan. My grandfather actually went to Boston College. And so I grew up going to BC hockey games, BC football games. And, you know, that was like part of my childhood. So going to those games, oh, yeah. I, I always have a lot of memories from that. So I've always oh. been a Boston College fan. I bet. But they've never been able to compete with these other Division One schools, Alabama, LSU, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Clemson. That Like they can't touch these guys. Yeah, as big but as BC is, I'm, you're right. They're not the same as these top dogs. But I don't know. I have a feeling about this year. Their defense last year was solid. They just didn't have a good offense. But if they have this running back that's as good as they say, I don't know. Maybe they could make a run. I don't know. The last time cool. they made a run, Matt, Matt Ryan was the quarterback. Matt Ryan, yeah. See, there's something about BC. They seem to have like the, the le- less flashy names and... and you know, not always the the top prospects, but they seem to be pretty good, you know. Um, so it would be interesting to see someone come out with this kind of hype. Yeah, I, I think it would be really fun to finally see some, like, a new team in the mix, like, towards the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, so was he with him last year? I don't know year? if it'll pan out. I believe he's a freshman. Oh, shoot, really? I believe so. I'd have to go back I'm interested. It's not... So I'm trying to look. I, I see a running back here, AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon. is that him? Okay, because I'm not even as familiar. I'm just trying to look him up a little bit and learn about him. So he was there last year. So I so mean, that's a sophomore. Then. That says even more because I mean he has some of the experience and some of the speed of the game, you know. Um, and he looks like he's having fun. He's wearing Matt Ryan's old number. Yeah, I I, I think. Uh... I think they could make a run, especially if, uh, especially if this guy's as good as he is. If this mm-hmm. guy's as good as everyone says he is, this could they, they could be dangerous down the stretch. Um, I will say this, I'm uh, as again going back into like the whole scandal thing, because um, this has played this team in the past, but Penn State. They have, I think they have one of the best defenses in the NCAA, and I think they have a top five college quarterback in Trace McSorley. They do. Uh, I could see them making a run at the national championship. 
Yes, and again, kind of that same um, topic is like the whole news thing. You know, they're they're kind of finally getting back to their own. They're kind of finding themselves after their debacle they had years ago, and it's about time they're back, back in the top. I like to see that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I wonder. I'm actually so kind of curious about Oregon. I've always um, always loved watching them, and they're fun. And I, I hope they I hope they make a run. They're they're ranked, I think, somewhere around 18th or 20th. Um, but they always usually a team that they're never always ranked high preseason, but they usually show off and score some points and move their way up. Yeah, you know, the last time that Oregon was really relevant was back when Chip Kelly was the coach, number yeah. one, and when Marcus Mariota was a part of the program. Um, hmm. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned Clemson. They're, they're ranked number two. They're number two team in the country. And yeah. Let's see who else we got on here. Auburn, Penn State, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Michigan, USC, uh, Boise State, Texas, Oregon, 24. I love seeing Boise. Boise State's in there, Mississippi State. Like most uh, of us, Texas, I just love seeing these teams that maybe aren't the big, big, you know, top 20. And Boise State's become that, but I love where they've kind of come from the, you know, the darker horse division, you know, or conference. And now here they are as like one of the top dogs. Yeah. For, for me, I think my pick for this year, though. I'm gonna go, I'm going with uh, one outside of the top five. They're ranked number six in the in the country right now, but I'm going with Washington. Yeah, uh, they were a beast last year, and one of the better defenses, like I said, with Penn State. But I think they can make a run towards the end of the season because going into that stadium in November, December, uh, especially with how cold it's gonna be and how loud it's gonna be, I. I don't see a lot of people winning going going to their stadium at the end of the year. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm definitely a big Alabama fan, but I hope um, Florida State University makes a push up the rankings. I like to see them up in there. Yeah, Florida State right now, they're ranked number 19. Yeah, they're down there. I'm not sure if that's generous or if they're just not really kind of uh, – Viewed as highs, they had. I think they had a few weaker games at the end of their season last year, and that I think that really skews the rankings going into the next year. Yeah, a team that played spoiler to them last year was uh, Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami yep. played that game that they played against them. They where they just wrecked them, and then just after that, Florida State didn't really recover after that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, you and I have talked about this before. Just like, you know, off air, but it's the same in the NFL. If it's, um, sometimes it comes down to one game, like one game, one mistake could change your entire seasonal outlook. Yeah. And with me, for me, that game was just a backbreaker for them. Once they lost, I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was like 48 to 10 or something like that. It was some massacre. And then oh, after that, they just geez. tank the rest of the season. And, you know, a lot of it is, especially in college, like it, it is so certain games because they don't have the same composure or experience of the NFL. So they may not be able right. to bounce back the same. And sure enough, you see it happen. Sometimes they get shook from one game 
and that that defines the season. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough out there. The Division One college, you know, football scene is it's it's not for the faint of heart. Like if if you're gonna play in Division One, you gotta have not only the physical attributes, but you gotta have the mental mental attributes too. Seriously, because uh, otherwise you're just you're not. It's survival of the fittest. You're not gonna survive. Seriously, yeah. I'm excited for it though. I'm looking but, forward to see who is gonna make the move and come into the NFL in 2019 and be my fantasy draft pick. You know, I was actually just about to say that too. I was gonna say, <laughs> who's Kyle gonna be scouting this year for I love the it. Dynasty? That's next what year. I do. I love it. I love my farm team, which is the NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> the farm team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so before we take our first break, I wanted to quick touch on the end of the upcoming NHL season. I know it's a little over a month away. I believe the beginning of the season is October 3rd. It comes and quick. It actually starts off. It, it's going to come quick. It starts off with a bang, though, Kyle. The Bruins play the Washington Capitals in Washington on October 3rd. That's that's the game of the week. That's fun. The first week of the season. That's fun. And I tell you what, Bruins going up against the Stanley Cup champs, first game of their regular season. That's a tough draw. I know, especially to set the set the pace of the season. You know, like talk about that's not that's not easy. But I mean, the Bruins. I think they come across as the team that that they're nitty and gritty. They like that. They're like let's let's have them. Let's have the champs. Yeah, they're probably chomping at the bread like, oh, we get the champs coming off right off the bat? Yeah. I'm down. Oh, yeah. It's like the Patriots. They like that kind of ball. If they, did, they didn't win it the year before, like, ah, oh, let us have them next year, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a great season. I think, you know, there are a couple moves in the NHL this offseason that um, that were a, l- a little tough to see. Like, I, I was hoping Tavares would come, come to Boston, but he ended up going to Toronto. Um, I think Toronto could be a decent team this year, but I I honestly think there's one team in particular that comes to mind. Brings me a little joy. Sorry to any of our friends in Canada, but um, the Montreal Canadiens are going to struggle this year. Ooh. Just too many injuries. Carey Price mm-hmm. is getting up there in age, and he, he mm-hmm. showed it last year. Yep. I just think they're going to struggle hard this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the bottom. Yeah, it's going to upset somebody. Hey, I have a question yeah, no, for you. Who, what's that? I have a few questions, say? actually. I want to I wanna, I sure. wanna hear an over or under. I have some like some rankings from la- – not rankings, records from last year. And I'm curious what you I think like for this year um, as far as just uh, how much they'll, you know, they'll sway. So we'll start – I'm just looking at like a, an overall kind of ranking slash record from last year. So – um, obviously Nashville was right up there. Um, but they have 18 losses. Yeah, uh, I believe it was 53 18, and 18. Yeah. Um, yeah. all right. So I'm thinking over under 25. So over under 25 losses for Nashville. I'm going to go over. Uh, I, I think they're over 25 and then I give you one reason why. And it's goaltending. Really? Goaltending is what's going to win you games. Pecorine has been a phenomenal goaltender for years and years and years. I think this is the year he starts his skid. I mean, he's 
getting up there. I mean, he I think he's in his early Eventually, 30s, like right? 32, 33 year. Eventually he's going to drop off at some point. And I think this is the year he does it. So I think I'm going to go over okay. for losses for them. Okay, Tampa Bay, 23 losses over under 25. I'm going to go under. Ooh. Uh I uh I think they're going to be in the Stanley Cup final next year. Wow. Nice. Well, well, we know one of your predictions then. I like to see it. Yeah, I, I, as much as I love the Bruins, I love them to death. But, God, seeing how Tampa just massacred the Bruins last year. I don't, And with the Bruins not making much of any moves this offseason, yeah. I think Tampa is going to have the same team, the same fire, the same drive, and they're going to want to get to the big dance. And I think they do it. Yep. All right, how about Winnipeg? 20 losses last year, over or under 25? I'm going over. I think their loss in the first round to Nashville is going to still be very salty and very real Ooh. with them. Yeah. And I cuz that was a tough tough series and they ended up losing it 4 to 1. Um to Nashville. So they were it was a quick out. Oh wait a minute, no. They outed Nashville. I'm I misspoke. They outed Nashville but then they got quick outed by Vegas. Okay. Uh, so I'm uh, so I so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it though. I think they're gonna get more than uh, more than 25 losses. Okay. Uh, last one, Washington, your champs. Uh, 26 losses, over or under 25. Mm. God, I think 26 is a good number too. I'm gonna go under it because I think they have like 24 to 23 losses. On the season, under I really say wow, any, okay. any less than that. I'm gonna go so under. They're gonna have. Uh, I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying like crazy under. I'm not saying like 15, or or 16 losses. But I'm not saying they're gonna have 30. I, th- I think they're gonna be like right middle of the road, 24, 25 losses. On the okay, season. this is exciting me. So I have to ask this question now: Who is gonna have the best record? May not win at all, but who's gonna have the best record of the year? Vegas. Really? Uh, Vegas has got the same team as last year. A bunch of young guys are going to be they out are. For, for revenge. And they're going to want to be like, hey, we proved you wrong last year. We're going to do it again this year. Cool. I, and they have the same goalie as last year with Marc-Andre Fleury. I think they do it again. Cool. I'm excited to see. I am as well. All right, we are going to take our first break, uh, but stay tuned for more. We're going to hit up the uh, Ryder Cup and the FedEx Cup playoffs along with the MLB playoff race, so stay tuned for more. Right on. It starts with an itch and a tingle, and then it builds and expands. And suddenly, all at once, my legs won't let me stand. I scratch till my fingers go numb, but my skin never bleeds. A silent accomplice waits and feeds when I'm asleep. There's something that lives inside me. I promise. 
Starts with an itch and a tangle, and then it builds and expands. And suddenly, all at once, my legs won't let me stand. I scratch till my fingers go numb, but my skin never bleeds. A silent accomplice waits and feeds when I'm asleep. Hey guys, it's Ron here with the intermission portion of our show. First of all, thank you so much for listening. We greatly appreciate your continued patronage of our show, and we appreciate our sponsor, Uplift Pomade. Born straight out of Wakefield, Massachusetts, Uplift Pomade cares about your hair, and they want you to look your best. That's why the inventor of this product, Rocco Danielli, used his original blend Uplift Pomade on our own Dan Pineda on his wedding day. And I have to say, I've seen the pictures. Dude looked pretty fly, even for a white guy. Uplift Pomade is alcohol-free, soy-free, gluten-free, 
and infused with USDA organic essential oils. It's also vegan certified and cruelty free, which means they refuse to test it on animals. Plus, the recycling program allows you to return any empty container of Uplift Pomade product and they will give you a $2 credit towards your next purchase. That's a better deal than recycling cans or bottles. So, if your hair care product just isn't doing the job for you, check out Uplift Pomade, currently available at wholesale barbershops and, coming soon, online at upliftpomade.com. And now, back to the show. And welcome back, everybody, to uh, the second half of our show. Uh, where Kyle and I are going to dive right back into it. We're going to talk about the FedEx Cup playoffs, the Ryder Cup, and the MLB playoff race. And then we'll finish it off. All kinds of cups. Yeah, and then we'll finish it off with the uh, the finale and, uh, and to get our final take on the episode. So to start it off, Kyle, we're going to uh, talk about the FedEx Cup. Um, I know you're not big into watching the game of golf. But I figured oh, I'd, let's not, I'd read. Let's not bring that up. I figured <laughs> I'd uh, I'd teach you I'd <laughs> teach you a couple things about the game of golf. Get me learned, Dan. Get me learned get, here. Get you learned here. Uh, so basically, no. We just you know what? I just found out a little bit more about this Ryder Cup thing, and I'm excited. I love this. So this is fun. Let's go. All right. So the way that the Ryder Cup is going to pan out is that the United States captain Jim Furyk will actually take the, I believe it is the top eight American players, and from there, um, he will then actually make two captain's picks uh, who can be anywhere in the rankings, and everyone is saying that it's uh, going to be Tiger Woods, going to be one of the one of the choices. And, um, Lame. Uh, well, I mean, he's, he's been playing really well. Uh, so has he though? I don't think he's been that great. I don't like him that much anymore. Yeah, I mean, I just I haven't, I haven't seen him do much in the past few years. I mean, he was second at the PGA Championship. He was, he finished in second place. Second's cool, but second's like last according to Ricky Bobby. Oh, don't even get started with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I honestly think that. The Americans have been playing way too good of golf this year to lose this event. Uh, I mean, like I you was think so. Well, like I was just telling you, that in the top ten, uh, eight of them are Americans, and you got one European. So that's funny, right? Because when you were explaining this to me, I said, "Wow, that doesn't seem fair. How come the U.S. gets the top eight guys?" On their Ryder Cup team, and you're like, no, no, you idiot! It's because they just happen to be the top eight players, or you know, whatever, eight out of ten. That's Cause, impressive. Because the way that the FedEx Cup standings works is that based on how uh, someone finishes in a tournament throughout the year, they they get a certain amount uh-huh. of points. Right now, Bryson DeChambeau is leading in points, and so he's the number one seed in the FedEx Cup. Followed by a guy like Dustin Johnson, who, according to my record here, he is 648 points behind, which may sound like a lot, but when you win a tournament... That does. That sounds like a lot of points. But when you win a tournament, it's 5,000 points in these playoffs coming down the stretch. Holy crap. So someone who's in in the 20th spot could win, win this upcoming tournament and jump to first place. 
So that's why I see these these uh, rank changes. For example, Bryson was number nine last week, and he's now in first place. So one one good performance can really push you up the exactly. the rankings. You know, and I, and the craziest part for me, Kyle, is the payout. The payout for the FedEx Cup alone, because it's a year-long thing, is $13 million. Wow. And you're, you win money along the way, is that right? Yeah, you win money along the way. Millions of dollars. and Millions of dollars, he says. And the craziest part, though, is that uh, the FedEx Cup is decided on the final tournament of the regular seat of the well, of the playoffs, which is the Tour Championship, in October, I believe. Uh huh. And um, winning that tournament is three million. So if you win the Tour so Championship we- and the FedEx Cup, that's a sixteen million dollar payout on one weekend. Right. Yeah. Wow. So. Uh, How does the Ryder Cup work? What kind of winnings is there for that? Uh, it's just, it's a trophy and pride. There's no money. No money in no, this one. Okay. No money. That's cool, it's though. It's a trophy and pride. And I think the only case for the Europeans in this case is the fact that it's being played in Europe. I think knowing that it's being played in France. where a lo- Home course. Yeah, where a lot of these guys played on the European tour and really honed their craft. I think the Americans could be in trouble only because they don't have the home field advantage. But they have, I mean, 10 to 12 of the best players in the game right now. It looks like we're ready to roll. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised if the Americans massacre the Europeans. But you... you Ooh, but, you but, heard it here first. But you never know in the game of golf. Anything can happen. So how does this... How does this work as far as the captain? Who, or how do you become the captain? How is that picked? Uh, there's actually a Ryder Cup committee uh, that actually chooses the captains ahead of time. So the captain for the U.S. being Jim uh-huh. Furyk, he's an older guy. I mean, late 40s, early 50s, he's been around for years. Um, and then the captain of the European team is a guy named Thomas Bjorn from Austria. So who picks this? Uh, the Ryder Cup committee is the one that actually chooses the captains. Is the Ryder Cup committee. Is there a validity committee that authorizes that group? Uh, the uh, the PGA of America. Gotcha. Okay. So who, who, who do you think the U.S. will pick? So outside of the top eight people, if I were them. Um, uh-huh. If you were this whole, if you were the captain. If I was the captain of the American team. Uh, I'm just looking at the list right now. And is there a strategy behind this? Because where are my next question? Where this is played in France it's this par- year? Played in Paris, France this year. Paris. So it's in different places. So the course isn't always the same. So 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 every two years is when the Ryder Cup happens, and the way yep. it works is that so this year it's in Europe. So then two years from now. It'll be back in the States. And then two years from then, it'll be back in Europe. And it's always somewhere different. But where? Okay, so the course is always different. So now some courses on the tour are uh, the uh, the same, right? Isn't that right? 
most they are. There's actually only a, a select few that are the same every year. Like the tournament that's happening um, this weekend is called the Dell Technologies Open, which is actually in Boston. It's actually yeah. well, it's actually in Norton, Massachusetts. I'm going to be there for it, actually. You're going to it? No. Really, Kyle? <laughs> you had me so excited for a second. It sounded cool. It sounded cool. Uh, it is a fun tournament. Bridget and I actually went to it uh, two years ago, and that was a lot of fun. Um, basically, you're going outside, you're watching golf, you're in the sun, you're eating good food, drinking drinking alcoholic beverages. It's, uh, it's a fun time. Um but there's uh, the one major that's actually at the same course every year is the Masters. And that's at Augusta National every single year. Nice. The Masters is sexy. I, I like the Masters. Oh, that tournament is so much fun to watch because that course is so hard. <laughs> um, so when it comes to the Ryder Cup here, so my question was, like, is there a strategy behind who you would pick? Because the, the top eight are decided, right? Mm-hmm. So... The next two could be anyone the captain selects based on what, how well they played, who deserves it. Uh, is it, you know, oh, we think this person would be great on this course. You know, like, what, what do they base it on? Uh, what they basically base it on uh, in terms of their picks, because the, the way the Ryder Cup is played is actually not so much stroke play, which is, you know, obviously who has the best 18-hole yeah. score. It's what's called match play. So, for example, if yep. uh, if Team Europe, you know, on a hole they get a par, and Team Amer- Team USA yep. gets a birdie, Team Team USA wins that hole. They go one up, you know, and so on and so forth. And you play right, that so it doesn't end. matter if you beat them by four strokes. You just you just won the hole. Correct. That's cool. So that's that's typically how the setup goes, and. In that case, there are a lot of players on the tour who are actually better at match play events than they are at stroke play events because they're more strategic. What do you mean? So there, there are some players out there. Uh, for one, he's actually further down on the list. He's actually 47th on the list. He's one of the best match play players in the world. And his name is Keegan Bradley. He's out of uh, he's out of he's a Massachusetts guy, uh, but he was paired with Phil Mickelson one year, and they did not lose a match. Not one. What do you mean paired with him? Against him? No, paired with him as in, like, his his partner. Oh, I thought you went one-on-one versus a Uh, Euro. All right, so there are, on the final day, they do singles matches. But, like, towards the beginning, they do uh, 2v2. Oh, that's cool! I love oh, there's, that. Oh, they they do different things every day, and they have morning matches. They got afternoon matches. There's a whole this is like a whole production. This is a Kyle kind of tournament. I enjoy this kind of competition. Oh, it's, it's a blast. Um, and I'm actually looking. And I'm actually looking up. I actually misspoke, Kyle. It's ten on a team, and then four captains picks. Oh shoot! That that's a whole bunch of people. So right now, it looks like and this can change. And this can change absolutely right? oh, over the next. Okay, wow. Uh, so let me see here. There's the European team, and here is the American team. Is looking like 
like the guys I mentioned before, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, Bubba Watson, Ricky Fowler, Bubba. Webb Simpson, and uh, there was one other one I missed on here. But let me see how this works. Oh, so it's not the FedEx Cup point list that they go off of. They go off of the Ryder Cup points list, which co- that they said that comes into account is major championships in 2017, World Golf Championship events and the Players' Championships, the 2018 major championships, and uh, events on the PGA Tour for this year. This is a game changer, Dan. You misled me. I, I apologize. But right away, you know <laughs> Brooks Kepka is going to be number one. And the reason for that, Kyle, in the past two years, he's won three majors. So we know he's ready. Yeah, there. he won the U.S. Open last year and this year. He won back-to-back U.S. Wow. Opens for the first time in like 40 years. And That's then impressive. he won the PGA Championship not too not too long ago. So he's on fire. He's ready to yeah, go. Yeah, he's been absolutely incredible. Um, they're saying p- potential people for the captain's picks are DeChambeau, Mickelson, Woods, Xander Shoffley, Matt Kuchar, Tony Finau, and Kevin Kisner. Those, who are these guys? These are guys who could potentially be picked as captain's picks. Oh, oh, okay, right. And I, I make sense about Woods, just because, of, of course, he's one of the big names. He, 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 he is a winner. He knows how to win. He does. And he's been on, oh, my God, I can't even remember how many teams he's been on. At least five. At least five teams he's been on. And he's actually. He, is that pretty yeah, good? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to do, but he, he's done very well in match play. Because a lot of times what will happen is people will see, oh, we're paired against Tiger. Oh, crap. This is not going to go well. Uh, yep. I can see that. He just has this intimidation factor. I don't know if he has it as much anymore. But when some of the top guys in the world are on the American squad, I don't see them not doing well in this tournament. But this is right. going to be a tournament to watch for sure. I want to see this Brooks guy. Oh, he's he's a beast. He's so good. So I'm, I'm checking him out. I'm checking out some pictures of him. He looks like a frat guy from UMaine that likes golf. Yeah, I believe he's born in the Midwest. I believe, if I remember correctly, he's born in, like, well, I want to say Iowa. Comes to mind. I stand correct. Oh, he went to... Oh, look where he went to school. He went to your favorite college that we mentioned on the last segment florida state university oh that's very cool he i can see that so and he lives in jupiter florida and let's see here he's only 28 years old i see a headshot of him he looks like he's from jupiter very cool what do you mean he, what is what does that mean how does one look like they're know, from Dan. jupiter that came out offensively. Let's move on. <laughs> I can't even. Uh, <laughs> I can't even with you right now. Oh my goodness! I just want to see him. I, I want. I want to see him jump out to a lead at this thing. I want to see him crush a beer and win this thing. I don't know how much he drinks, even though he's in the Michelob Ultra. Me neither. <laughs> just, just hits a tee shot and just chugs a beer. Yeah, that sounds. I just see a picture of him here, 
out of refrigerator, and the refrigerator has a lot of beer in it. Hmm. So I want to see how he does. We will definitely see for sure. Um, let's see here. Uh, in terms of the Ryder Cup, like just based off of just what I told you, are, are you are you looking forward to watching it now? I am. This is exciting. I am a big fan of competition. I'm very competitive, and this sounds like a fun little you know like tournament style thing. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and maybe even though it's during football season. I can devote some time to kind of seeing some of the some of the battles. Well, I will say this though: it is on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, a day where there's not a lot of NFL football. That's true. I should be able to make that work. But Sunday, I doubt you'll be able to watch any because you'll be watching NFL football. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but we are actually going to take our second break because this ran a lot uh, longer than I thought it was going to. And then when we come back, we're gonna talk about the MLB playoffs, and then wrap up the uh, wrap up up the show. So wrap it wrap up. it up. All right, stay tuned. Words. 
about the time that I have wasted sitting here Cause I've been thinking that all this thinking is the thing that keeps me further from myself And welcome back again, listeners. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for, for tuning in for this whole episode. We really appreciate the love and support. Um, in this final part of this episode, we are going to just go over the, the MLB playoff race and our big league topic of the week. Things are heating up over there, Kyle. It's, it's, getting, it's getting close here in baseball, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, what what's a shame for me though, and I don't know if we've mentioned this to each other before, is the how the baseball season runs into the NFL season. So it's one of those where it's just like I don't know what to watch. Like if your team's in the playoffs in the MLB, do you watch them play in a playoff game, or do you watch your team? Like if <laughs> so, if, if like if the 49ers were on, and the Red Sox were in a game seven. What game would you watch? Yeah, it's hard. It, 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 let me let, let me give you my um, like how my mind works. I would love to hear so, how your mind works. Oh yeah, I should I should take that back. I could never explain that. <laughs> but let me too, explain too much, how too soon. how baseball and football works. So baseball comes around, and you know weather's turning around here in Maine. It's beautiful. You know, spring in, in May hit. It's, it's nice. We're f- almost getting warm weather. It's exciting. Baseball's fun. It's a very summery sport. Um, but it goes long. It goes, it goes from like before the NFL draft, before it, while we have snow maybe in March when they start, all the way through the fall. So it's exciting. You know, end of, end of August hits. This is when we're pretty much seeing who's in the playoffs. Um, and then the NFL season starts, and that's where I forget what the MLB is. So in September, when we're about to make the push, and you know October's come around, playoffs, and I, I almost literally forget what's going on until the playoffs start up, and you're like, oh, shoot, we got some great teams going at it, uh, or we have some historical games to catch, uh, or performances to see. Um, and... I will kind of bounce back and forth during my midweek withdrawals when there's no football week two to week three, I catch some baseball. Um, and the same for October. So to answer your question, I, I probably watch the football game if it's a Sunday, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately for MLB, um, I probably watch the NFL game, but, um, it, I mean, I love playoff baseball. It, there's a little bit more strategy involved. Um, you see a little bit more situational stuff happening. Um, and this year, I mean, I'm excited for the Red Sox. They're like fun to watch and they have like the, the, you know, the, the fan players, the people that, uh, the, the players that people love talking about and rooting for. Um, so I'm excited for it and I, I can't wait to see it, but it, it does come second to NFL for me. Yeah. In my honest opinion, like, like you were just saying, you hit the nail on the head. The season is incredibly long. It's one of those seasons where it's you're like just a, like at at yeah. by the time August rolls around, it's like when when's football starting? I'm it feels like a different baseball. season, right? Well, if you think about it, 
when baseball starts, hockey is still going on. Hockey ends mm-hmm. in June. Basketball still going. Basketball still going. That ends in July. And then at that point, the baseball season's still going. And then, oh, guess what? Football starts. And the baseball season is still going. And it football three is half over. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm just like, why is the season this long? It is weird, yeah. It makes sense. You know, each game in general, there, there's a lower level of energy, you know, put out. Um, so I can see how they they go over a longer time. Um, there's definitely a lot of skill and athleticism involved. But, you know, they can play more. I get it. But it does seem like it, it goes, especially for us, us here in Maine, where we go from maybe the end of seeing snow in March when they start, you know, the end of March. And then we might see snowfall again when the World Series champs are crowned. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's, it's freaking It's freaking crazy to me that um, it spans from the spring almost to the winter. It, it, it's Yep. Oh, for sure. It, yeah, yeah. Especially for to, us. Well, not to mention their postseason is November, December, January, February. That's it. Because they're back to spring training oh, in March. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's very fast. Yeah, they started talking about news in January, baseball news. And I'm, wa- I'm, I'm watching, you know, NFL countdown. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Who, who's watching this in January for the MLB previews? It's like, this is the middle of NFL playoffs. Turn this garbage off. It's like, what is this? Like, oh, the Red Sox headed down to Florida for a... Preseason walkabout, okay? Yeah, no. <laughs> it, 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 I think I think the baseball season's way too long. I think they need to shorten it down. And there's a reason a lot of these players they don't last more than three, four years, especially pitchers. They they're just throwing their arms off for for what twenty five, thirty games in a season. You're right. Yeah, the, their prime is is pretty short. You see players come and come and go pretty exponentially yeah it's pretty quick um yeah so who are you liking this year what's going on what's your thoughts with baseball right now so we're almost into september here so for me let me see here i'm pulling up the standings here on my phone so let's see uh it's looking like the red sox the yankees the indians the astros and the a's out of the american league and then on the wet, on the National League side, it looks like we have the Braves, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the and the Diamondbacks. Well, actually, it's a tie between the Diamondbacks and the Do- and the uh, Rockies. The Rockies, yeah, I say they're neck and neck, literally. And the Dodgers. The Dodgers are only one game back of yep. Arizona and Colorado. That's anybody's game. For me, I honestly, I've, I said this since the beginning, I think it's going to be Boston and Houston in the American League Championship. Um, they're the two best teams in the American League. Um, the only other team I could see possibly making it to the American League Championship is Oakland. Cleveland. Oh, wow. I'm going Oakland. Oakland's offense is I just stout. like Cleveland. Cleveland's a good squad. All, all, all those teams coming out of the American League are, are going to be good this 
postseason for sure. Um, out of the National League, I think the Dodgers end up winning the West. I think Arizona ends up going as a wild card, and I wouldn't be surprised to see um, the Cubs make it to the America, uh, the National League Championship and then eventually the World Series. Cause really? I, I would, I've been wanting this series ever since I saw Rookie of the Year. I would love to see the Chicago Cubs yeah. versus the Boston Red Sox in the World Series. Oh, right. I, Th- that's I, just like tradition at its best. I have been praying for that series to happen since I was like 10 years old and it's never happened. And I think this could be the year that it happens. And if it's not the Cubs, it could be the Dodgers. And that would be great for me. Yeah. Cause my dad actually grew up in Los Angeles and yeah, is, cool. is a lifelong Dodger fan. But then when he moved out here, he's followed the Red Sox. And I asked him, what would happen if the Dodgers played the Red Sox in the World Series? Who would you root for? Without skipping a beat, he says, absolutely the Dodgers. Wow. So so I would love to that see that. That would be fun also. to see. It would be. It would be great I, to see. Oh, I just love the history and the franchises, and I love this East Coast, West Coast battle. That would be awesome to see. Oh, I, I 100% agree. That would be tough, though. Because, you know, one uh, two games are out in Los Angeles, and then you have to fly oh, across tough. the coast for two games in Boston. you got to fly back across to L.A. for a game. And then if there's a game six, you get, then got to fly back to Boston. It's just like there's so much travel. And that's a long oh, and trip don't, and the time difference. Uh, yeah, and you, don't forget, in November, you're talking a 30 or 40 degree difference. Oh yeah, in temperature. Absolutely. So it's a disadvantage. Could be more, right? I don't know. I mean, for me, that would that one for me would be disadvantage for L.A. because yep, Boston definitely. they're used to playing in the cold. They played it in April. Yeah. They play in it in September, in yeah. October. But the Dodgers all are of out April. there playing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Dodgers are out there playing in like seventy degree perfect weather all the time, and then they come out to Boston like, what the hell is this? <laughs> It's like culture shock. Oh, oh yeah, right. I mean, not to mention there are other games. Most of the games are played in San Francisco or San Diego as well. You know, so it's not like they're they're in too bad of weather ever. No, not really. And the times that they've come out east, I actually went and looked at the Dodgers' schedule. Was during the summer, like they they went to New York, they went to Minnesota, um, went to uh, Colorado, but like during the summer. Because uh, Colorado in yep. the winter time, forget it. That's that place is ridiculous. Um, yep. Uh, I, uh, I mean, there's so many different teams that could end up doing it this year because the amount of good offensive teams are in the MLB right now is pretty amazing to watch. Yeah, it is. If I had to take a stab at it, I'd probably, I'd probably pick Cleveland with my heart saying. Boston, out of the AL, and I, I like to know what our predictions were back. Was well, it two months ago we did this? We'll have to do a little research here. Um, and then I think out of the NL, kind of pulling for the Dodgers. Now that we're talking about it, it sounds kind of fun. Um, but I'm also thinking the Braves. Oh, uh, you know the Braves so. have been. Sneakily good this season. 
And a lot of people aren't realizing what a young, good squad they have over in Atlanta. Mm. Yeah. They could upset a lot of people. That's how you feel about Atlanta. That's how I feel about Oakland. I think Oakland could surprise some people. Another young squad, a lot of really good, talented people on offense. Yep. Their one downfall for me is that they don't have a lot of pitching in Oakland. Um, and for me, in the postseason, put pitching is everything. If you don't have good pitching in the, in the postseason, you're not going to go far. Because like I said, it becomes strategic, you know. It's like there's a lot more than just throwing a pitcher out there. You know, there's uh, you need to have some some depth. I agree. 100%. Um, Say, so hey, who do you think um, – Hottest team last ten games in the MLB. If I had to guess, yeah, hardest team. It's not Boston. Boston lost a bunch to uh, Tampa, but then they come and they play Miami, and <laughs> that's a that's a that's a different story because Miami is no yeah. bueno. Um, Very unlike them. No. Um, they're not much. Come on, spit one out here. No looking. Chicago Cubs. Dude, definitely looking all right. They've been they're seven and three in the last ten, but the uh, the Cardinals, um, and the Astros both eight and two in the last ten. And wow. and you know we're we're actually getting down there. Where you know the games actually matter now. You know we got oh how many we have left on the board. Another 20, 30 games? I'd say, I'd say probably about 20 games left. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely where, where it starts to matter. and This is where you want to hit that hot streak and, and have a good playoff position. No, I agree with you. Um, I, I think the position in the playoffs is everything, whether you're a wild card game or if you're, you know, got a first-round bye, especially for the Red Sox. Red Sox are probably going to have a first-round bye the way they're going right now. Yeah. Who's your... um? Assuming, you know, looking at the kind of the playoff picture right now, who do you think would be your biggest dud going into the playoffs? Oh, man. Um, biggest dud going into the playoffs. And I'm, I'm saying this, you know, Francona, great manager. I think Cleveland. Cleveland's really? starting pitching. Cleveland's starting pitching has really sputtered in the last 10 games that I've like I've like read up on their offense yep. is great but if your offense put the, it's the same in football if your offense puts up points you got to you know be able to play good defense and for me yep. Cleveland they're putting up 8 9 10 runs in a game but they're giving up 11 you know and and if you're playing like that down the stretch if you're playing like that up against guys like cuz Boston swept them and don't be surprised yeah. if they if they do it in the playoffs. Yep, I'm looking forward to the Dodgers. So I, I'm thinking my dud might be the Rockies or the Diamondbacks. I don't know. It depends what kind of happens out of that conf- out of that division. We'll see. Yeah, I, I mean that that whole division is up in the air because they're all separated by one game. Um, and, yeah, d- and even the Giants aren't that far out. The Giants could make could make a move. Yeah, with twenty some odd games left, they they need to start it right now. Though, they they need yeah. to start right now, if they want to if they want to even 
come close to contending. Padres aren't even close. They haven't been close since the 90s. Uh, no <laughs> I, I mean, uh, it, it's it's crummy to say, you know, my aunt lives in La Jolla, but God, they haven't been relevant since Tony hey, it is what it is. Padre. Yeah. Um, hey, you but, know, my my dark horse is the Brewers. I hope they take that second wild card. I'm, I, you know what? After seeing what Kristen Yelich just did tonight, I don't know if he's just got the. I just got the report on my phone from Bleacher Report. He just hit for the cycle. That's awesome. That is impressive. Yeah, he went five for five with a home run, triple, double, single, and had like five or six RBIs. You better have five or six RBIs if you're hitting a home run and double, triple. <laughs> this is very true. Um,. Wow, and they're playing Cincinnati, and that is in the bottom of the seventh, and it is ten to ten. Holy crap! Yeah, <laughs> you aren't kidding. I um, hope I hope they're I hope they make a run for it. It'd be cool to kind of see that um, that central division. Maybe maybe put in three teams. I don't know. That would be cool. I would like to see that. And because right now, right like right now, they're in. If the season ended today. Am I right? For the Brewers? Yeah. Uh, let me see. They are actually on the out looking in because uh, Chicago, the Cubs, and St. Louis. Uh, but let me see how far back they are. In... Oh, yeah. they're. Oh, wait a minute. No, they're in the second wild card spot. Right, because they outdo Arizona and L.A. Because Chicago's got the top seed. The division, so yeah. Uh, they got the division. St. Louis has the first wild card spot, and Milwaukee yep. has the second. And then, and I, are, right. I, I just I just want to read this off real quick. So, St. Louis is up a game and a half on Milwaukee in the wild card. Arizona is a half game back. Colorado is a half game back. L.A. Dodgers, a game and a half back. Philadelphia Phillies, two and a half back. Washington, six games back. San Fran, six and a half back. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are eight and a half back. It's all right there. Yep. And, I mean, I don't really see San, uh, I don't really see Pittsburgh getting in the mix, but from San Fran up, that is anybody's game for the wild card. Mm-hmm. That's uh, eight teams. Up for grabs for two spots. That's going to be an exciting end of the season for sure. It's going to be fun. But anyways, that is actually going to do it for Ride the Pine Episode 7 this week. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. Um, Be sure to tune in next week. We are actually going to be recording on Monday night, or actually probably Monday afternoon, uh, as we are going to be getting set for the start of the NFL football season. The lights and come on. It's game time. Uh, game time. Let's go. Um, we will also be we'll be doing a preview of week one. We will be doing a weekly episode uh, of every week of football where we will recap the previous week and preview the current week. Uh, we'll spit out some fantasy football knowledge and who we like, who we don't like during the week. and Power uh, rankings, maybe. Power rankings who to start, who to sit, all that good stuff. 
And we will also be having a segment weekly with our fantasy, well, actually, no, our football expert, Jalen Hersey. He's going to be our, he's going to be our picking expert. Um, it's Kyle's son, and we're going to have a segment called Jay's Picks. He's going to be making four picks a week. And uh, after he makes his picks, Kyle, Ron, and myself, we will also make picks. And we're going to keep our standings throughout the season and see how that goes. So that'll be a fun thing for us to do. Let's, keep, let's like season. post these through the year oh, so our oh, listeners absolutely. can see it. Let's, like, let's show a tally uh, of what happens. And we got to come up with some kind of cool little winner or loser's uh, award, I think, for this. I completely agree with you. We'll have to come up with something. But uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter <laughs> and on Instagram at RideThePinePod. Uh, and we are also on Facebook at the same handle. Uh, if you are feeling especially generous, you can uh, head over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash ride the pine um, and donate to the show if you are feeling especially generous. Um, otherwise, uh, for myself and Kyle, we're Ride the Pine. Thank you for tuning in. And we will see you next week because it's football time. It is. We are excited. Keep on listening. It will get better. You darn right we are. Thanks, for everybody, for tuning in. And see you next week. Welcome, everybody, to our bonus segment for Episode 7 of Ride the Pine. Um, bonus, I know, bonus. I know we were missing Kyle last week, but we got him here today. Kyle, how you doing? I'm great. I missed you guys, and I'm so excited that football is one day away. Uh, we're so close. We got some uh, game picks to go over, and uh, just one thing of news for you. What are your thoughts on the whole Le'Veon Bell situation? It's been cr- pretty crazy the past couple of days. I was going to say, let's talk about Le'Veon. I can't believe it. The guy is an ultimate talent. He, he knows how to see holes. He knows how to run. He's patient. He's such a great running back. He's very, he stays healthy. Um, I cannot believe he's in a holdout 
through week one at least, you know, and you were just telling me that it looks like it could be longer, but man, you must be awfully self, uh, indulged, you know, to like not even want to make week one of, of, you know, the, the sport you love. Yeah. For me, it just kind of drives me crazy with these players. Uh, you know, granted he's a phenomenal running back. Don't get me wrong, but for him to basically leave his team in the dark, because it's not just him that he's affecting. He's affecting, you know, the players that he plays with. Like, his offensive lines come up and, like, like what the hell, man? Like, where where are you? Like, what's what's going on? And he, yeah, exactly. he, he's leaving them in the dark, and it's starting to piss them off. So he's he's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah, like, one of the quotes was, you know, it's, it's obviously Le'Veon over the Steelers, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of the point, like, no matter how great you are, it's just kind of lame to do something that affects the whole team, and they can be good without him, but in the NFL, you plan for each player in their position, and you play a little bit differently, you know, uh, James Conner's a great, a great running back, but, like, he runs much different, so, like, they would, they would get ready for that differently than they would Le'Veon, so it kind of, kind of leaves them, like, stuck you know like having to now catch up and get ready to flow with connor yeah you know and you know i'm i'm sure they're gonna do fine with with connor at the um at the running back helm he was a great running back back at uh pittsburgh um not the steelers but he went to the university of pittsburgh um yeah but uh I'm just kind of flabbergasted at this whole Le'Veon Bell thing because not only in terms of football implications, in terms of like the Steelers as a team, because I think it changes them as a team, um, but also fantasy football wise, look at all those people who chose Le'Veon Bell top five picks. They're probably banging their heads against the wall. Like, what's going on? Right, and it's. How do you value him? Do you trade him? What's he worth? Will he start week two? Will he start week eight? You know, like, the guy's amazing. He's money when he plays, but what do you do? It's If he's hurt, you know what to expect. But, geez, at any point, this guy could, you know, end the holdout. Yeah, and, and you know, and that's the, that's the part for me that's the toughest to handle is the not knowing. Like, week to week, it's just saying, hey, all right, he's not starting this week. And then you got to sit on eggshells for five days waiting to set your lineup, and next thing you know, oh, he's sitting week two. And then you get to week three, and it's more of the same. And for me, that's just that's that's really tough to deal with, especially with the guy who was your number one pick. So anybody out there who took Le'Veon Bell number one, <laughs> I am sorry, but you're in for a little bit of a rough ride. Yeah, my buddy just offered me Bell yesterday. Um, it's all because of this. but <laughs> What a snake. You should all know if you have Bell... Yeah, you're not going to get the value you want for him right now. Um, and and if you're trying to get him, don't give as much as he's worth right now. You know, leave that 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 risk up in the air. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, because right now he's worth about as much as a bag of dirty socks. Because um, you're not going to get anything for him. <laughs> um, With that said, I'm still picking Pittsburgh against Cleveland this week. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think they move past it. They still have enough weapons on offense and a pretty decent defense to take down the Browns. Um, but speaking of game picks, um, wanted to get your take on the games that Ron and I chose 
to uh, focus on this week. Uh, we'll start with Ron's games. He has uh, at first yeah. he has the Bills at the Ravens. Who do you got in that matchup? Obviously, um, I'm going Baltimore. Um, I just always seem to kind of have a thing for them. That their defense was kind of hot last year. I like him at home. Uh, I'm going Baltimore. I, I I have to agree with you on that one. Uh, you know, Ron and I also both picked Baltimore. Um, mainly because Nathan Peterman is starting a quarterback. The infamous five interception game against San Diego last year. I don't th- and a and a Lashawn McCoy who's not fully healthy. I think Buffalo. Unfortunately, Ron Buffalo gets blown out in this one, and that's what I said when I was talking to him. And he did not take that too lightly, shall we say? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Peterman's got some time to to get used to the game. He's not quite ready, but he might be all right. We'll see. But, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely looking at Baltimore. Okay, and uh, next game we had up was the Bears at the Packers. Uh, who who do you like in this one? Uh, I, I'm, I'm very, very high on Green Bay this year. Uh, I'm definitely taking them, especially opening up the season at home, Sunday night football. Uh, I think Rodgers has something to prove. Uh, I think Jimmy Graham's going to have a big year. Um, yeah. With that said, I do think Chicago's defense is going to improve this year. They added Mac. I think that'll be a huge addition for them. But either way, I'm definitely taking Green Bay. I think they're going to have a, a strong year. So you and Ron both selected Green Bay, but I actually went with Chicago. I think Chicago pulls off an upset maybe by a field goal. Uh, their offense is a lot better than a lot of people give them credit for. And with the addition of Mac, I see that them making that uh, game with Mac leading the defense. Yeah, you know, that's a great division game. They always play each other really well, so I'm excited for it. It, sh- it should be a close game. I bet you it's within six points. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, uh, Ron's last game that he chose was a, de- a decent one, but he did it for his brother, uh, the Giants against the Jaguars. And who do you like there? Um, you know, they looked awfully bad last year, but I'm also a Giants Uh high on the Giants this year. I think they're going to do really well. So I will definitely take New York. Um, I think their running game is going to be strong, obviously. Odell Beckham's back. And their defense, I think, has some chemistry. And I think Jacksonville is a great team. But uh, I'm just not a really confident border, so we'll see. I definitely definitely look and uh, take the Giants. Yeah, uh, that was unanimous on actually um, all three of us picked the Giants. Um, wow, I'm kind of surprised. I, you know, it is surprising. Jacksonville's defense is so good, they but are. I just I just don't think their offense has got enough to get by the Giants. Right. Uh, I, I I and not to mention Giants at home. It's it's a tough place to play. Uh, so that's why we all chose the Giants. Yeah. Um, let's see here. The next one that we had was my first game that I picked was the Rams at the Raiders. Two young squads. And what do you think there? Ooh, that is young, hot potential right there. Sounds like a movie title. Um, I'm going to take L.A. <coughs> um, I'm big on the Rams, too. I think they're going to be strong this year again. They looked very good last year. I think Goff's ready to go. Um, and the Raiders, you know, they proved it two years ago. Last year they disappointed. Uh, really not sure what their identity is. Um, you know, fantasy wise, I'm I'm definitely liking Jordy Nelson, 
for Oakland. Um, I think he'll be good along with, on the other side, um, you know, Goff's going to have a great year, and I think Cooks as well. Um, but I like the offense a lot more in uh, L.A., so I'm taking the Rams. Yeah, you know, and Ron and I decided that we were both going to take the Rams also. Um, Gurley is, in my opinion, best running back in the NFL right now. Uh, there's yeah, really nice. only one uh, running back who could probably rival him this year with Le'Veon out, and I think it's David Johnson. He's the only one who I think could come after him for the um, running yep. back uh, rushing yard title this year. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The next game we had on the docket, Seahawks at Broncos. Talk about an old-school defense matchup on that one. Yeah, that isn't quite the same anymore. No, they're um, not. You know, neither one of them, really. Um, it seems to be like the fall of Seattle for their defense, but I'm still going to take Seattle on this. I think they're going to play a good game in Denver, um, and I was like Russell Wilson on my side. Wow, so uh, there's our first defense besides me pick, picking the Bears because uh, Ron and I both went with the Broncos. I yep. think with, with – oh, not Khalil Mack, with Von Miller on defense, Russell Wilson's going to have a tough day, and Denver's a tough place to play. Um, it is, but this time of year is not as bad. No. If if this was December, I oh, – forget, uh, it. forget it. It's Denver wins all day long. Today, uh, not today, this weekend, I mean, it's a toss-up, but I felt like Denver had the edge a little bit, just having the home field advantage. Yeah. Um, the last game that I picked was the Saints at the Bucks. Actually, excuse me, the Bucks at the Saints. Mm-hmm. Who do you like there? Um, I am definitely on New Orleans. Um, that division plays really well, so I bet you it's a tight game, but the, the Bucks pass defense has been bad, um, and Breeze still has something left in the tank. I'm definitely definitely tanking uh, New Orleans. And, and, you know, and not to mention, uh, Jameis Winston is out first four games. He's suspended. Yeah. So if yep. they can't get anything going on offense, they're not touching the Saints in this game. Um, and, and honestly, in my opinion, another running back who could do very well this year is Kamara, Alvin Kamara. He was a beast last yeah. year. Yeah, he was. He was out of nowhere. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to be a fun game. And like you said, though, that division always plays really well. Um, coming down to the end of the year, it's like everybody's 9-7. and seven. It's just who has a better yeah. head-to-head matchup. Yeah. And, you know, there's always that one team who's at the bottom. You get the one team who's like a clear front runner at like 10-6 and six or 11-5, and five, and then you get two teams at 9-7 and seven fighting for a wild-card spot. Yep, exactly. So it's always close. So Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I, I like him. So moving on to uh, the games that you have chosen for us. Uh, what, what do you got for us this week? All right. I tried to do kind of a mix, to, a mix of, you know, showcase games, uh, you know, kind of popular, popular games. I don't think it would be right to not talk about the opening night. I'm talking Atlanta at the defending champions, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I'm actually going to go Atlanta in this one. Um, I think Foles and Wentz are both great, but Foles is starting. Don't know if he's going to carry on the success he had last year. I'm taking Atlanta. Yeah, you know, that's actually where I'll be going with my pick as well. Um, 
I think Atlanta has too much firepower. They're actually they're they have one of the most improved defenses the last two three years. If you look at their stats, like three years ago, they were terrible, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And each year they've gotten better with Dan Quinn, who was the former uh, defensive coordinator for Seattle. And they've slowly gotten yeah. better on defense. And I think this they year have. they're going to be uh, top five, if not top t- top ten defense. I'm going with the Falcons. Um, I did get the pick from Ron. Ron is picking the Eagles. Nice. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. You know, and that's a that's a dicey pick, though. I mean, um, granted the Eagles are at home, but why aren't they starting Wentz? That's my question. Yeah, his injury thing is worrying me. I don't know if it's prolonged or what. Like, the question is, did he have a setback? Right. Because if he had a setback, they're going to have to go with Foles long term, and I don't know if Foles can hold up in the long term. Yeah, me Uh, neither. We'll see. Either way, I'm looking to see that game. High 60s for total points. Hope it's a good shootout. Oh, you're you're hoping for like a 35-30, something like that? Yeah. Wow. That would be awesome to watch. It's tomorrow night. That would be fun. That is tomorrow. Let's get the popcorn ready. All right. And uh, who do you got for our next game? Uh, next game, I want to talk about San Francisco at Minnesota. Um, I think that's going to be a great game. San Francisco just suffered a big loss in Jarek McKinnon. So he's gone for the year, but they do have two uh, good running backs that will split, Morris and Breda. Um, so I don't know if that will suffer too much. But Minnesota looks really strong. Good defense. They play well at home. Uh, offense, a little bit a little bit different. We'll see what happens. But uh, I am taking San Francisco. Yeah, and, you know, and I figured you would. Um, you know, those are your hometown boys. Um, well, not your hometown boys, but you've been re- rooting for them since you were little. Um so no surprise there. But, I mean, in all honesty, they're uh, playing off one thing right now, and that's just pure just drive and emotion. They, they want to prove the doubters wrong. Just like, yeah. what, three years ago with Jacksonville? And look where they're at now. Like, Jacksonville was in yeah. the AFC Championship last year. Um, I do think Minnesota is too much to handle in this game. Especially being, if this game was in San Fran, I'd probably pick San Fran. But I, I just think that the Vikings are just too much, and I think, uh, I think the Vikings take this game. And Ron has also picked the Vikings as well. Yeah, I, I, I would. That's really not a bad pick. Obviously, uh, Minnesota's strong, and San Francisco has a a lot to prove. They have a long ways to go after their year last year. Um, we'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo can win when it really counts. Because the last six games of last year didn't really count. No, you're right. You know, they weren't really playing for anything. But at the same nope. time, they did beat Jacksonville. Jacksonville did yeah. have their starters in, too. They had Fournette. They had Bortles. They had all their top guys. Yeah, And they true. they beat them like a drum. That Beat them like a drum. They did. Um, and who do you have for our last game for this week? Uh, so we're picking on... The Dallas Cowboys at Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm going Carolina. Um, I think they're going to have a strong year this year. Uh, there's a lot of experience there now. They're really coming together as a good team with chemistry. Um, and I don't know what to think about Dak and Zeke. You know, um, we'll see if they're the real deal. This year kind of proves it. 
Um, they either need to make a playoff push or, you know, forget it. So uh, we'll see what they do. I'm definitely excited to see it. But uh, regardless, I'm going with Carolina. Yeah, uh, I think the Cowboys are in shambles right now. Their offensive line is just completely shot. Um, and I honestly think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a breakout year. Uh, a lot of people are saying he's going to have a sophomore slump. I disagree. I think he is going to be top 10 running back this year, not only in the NFL, but in fantasy. Um, so, yeah, I'm absolutely going to be going with the Panthers for my pick. And Ron is also picking the Panthers as well. Yeah, I think McCaffrey's going to have a big year. He seems really, really smart and ahead of his time. He, he's really young, but I think he just knows what he's doing. He seems to be very smart on the field. And, and you know, I think that stems back to his days at Stanford. Because, I mean, uh-huh. right, right there alone, he went to Stanford. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's got to be intelligent in some way, shape, or form yep, to be able to exactly. play for that football program. Um. And I think I think he's probably one of the smarter running backs in the NFL. He may not have like the best juke move or the best speed or whatever or strength, but he's incredibly intelligent. Like he knows where yeah. he should be and where he needs to be if a hole closes. He'll be like, "Okay, time to go this way and cuz this is going to get me there." Like he's very calculated. Yeah, he is. Um you know, I was bummed in a lot of my fantasy drafts. I I wanted to draft him in the as my second pick, but oh, I he didn't. Went early. He went early in a lot of drafts, like yeah. end of first round, beginning of second. So I didn't get a chance to get him. But um, yeah. So yeah, overall, I'm really excited for the football season to be back. Let's um, go! It's it's time. I'm ready. I will say this: I'm also really looking forward to doing that. Uh, that pool with uh, you guys again this year. Uh, yeah, I think be we should start sharing this with our, our, our listeners. Um, you know, Megan, my fiance, kind of runs this. Uh, not kind of, she does. Um, and we have a pretty competitive pool with friends and everybody. Uh, I think we should keep track of it and kind of talk, uh, you know, to the, listener, to the listeners along with the picks we've made um, and just kind of showing even just the standings, you know, because it would – you're, you're going to be in there. I'm going to be in there. Uh, my son, Jalen, who's going to be doing some picks, also has his official pool entry. So it might be kind of cool to see how that goes um, through the year. We can kind of keep everyone updated on the standings. Yeah, I think that would be great. Because this is every game. Yeah. Um, I still need I, I need to check my email. I wonder if I've gotten the pick sheet yet because I haven't, I haven't seen that yet. That'll be tonight. We're working hard, Dan. Football's around the corner. This is uh, our Christmas Eve. Uh, Chris, Christmas, Christmas is more like it. Day before, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but well, that is actually going to do it for us for for this uh, bonus segment for Ride the Pine episode seven. Uh, be sure to take a, listen to us next week. We're going to be recording on Monday. Uh, we'll be doing a recap of week one and a preview of week two with more picks and and more football talk to come. Uh, I'm it Dan. It's hot this time of year. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Turn up the heat. Um, as always, I'm Dan, you know, joined by Ron and Kyle. Um, not Ron today, but Kyle today. Um, we will be talking to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Happy week one. <laughs>